This episode was made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. For more information, please visit patreon.com slash author Chris Luster. I strive to make this podcast a safe and inclusive place for my listeners. If I've missed any content warnings, please let me know. Content warnings for this episode include strong language, mature themes, female-female sex, dominance and submission, impact play, and unhealthy cultural values, including internalized shame and kinkphobia. You're listening to The Raven and the Writing Desk, the weekly podcast about the writings of Chris Lester and Liminal Corvid Press. This is episode 330. Greetings, Metamorphs! Welcome back to The Raven and the Writing Desk. I am Chris Lester, your guide into worlds of fantasy and wonder. You can learn more about me and my work at chrislester.org and metamorphcity.com. This is the show where I share my fresh new fiction with you and tell you about my journey as a writing professional. So let's get started, shall we? Here is this week's story. Today I'm bringing you Chapter 13 of Honor Bound by L.C. Williams. If you're new to the show, go back to Episode 318 to hear this story from the beginning. The following recap will contain spoilers. In last week's episode, Honor introduced Natasha to some members of the House Bellevue staff and helped her get settled into one of the guest rooms. Natasha was initially leery of accepting the lady's offer of hospitality, since she wasn't sure of Honor's intentions, or what sort of repayment she might expect in return for this kindness. Ultimately, though, she determined that a room with House Bellevue was an advantage too great for her to pass up. Having ready access to showers and laundry service would make her look much more presentable while job hunting than the veterans who were forced to stay at the shelter. And if Honor did want something in return, well, Natasha had done worse things for money. Fighting a war, for instance. After lunch, Honor was dismayed to discover that she had not received any calling cards from her fellow debutantes, despite sending out many of them herself. She was hurt and confused. Surely Noble Alex at least would be interested in continuing their acquaintance. But it seems that the stain on House Bellevue's reputation is not entirely faded, even fifteen years after the scandal with her mother. Honor finds herself apparently friendless in an unfamiliar city, with nowhere to go and nothing to do. Even her father and cousins are gone, out meeting with their own friends and acquaintances in the peerage. So Honor went back to Natasha's room with her, and watched as she unpacked her most precious and unusual possessions, her collection of toys, acquired from the Sensualists' Guild and the Temple of Hedonism. Natasha explained to Honor the basic principles of power exchange, and how even pain could be pleasurable in the right circumstances. It was difficult to believe until you experienced it for yourself. Honor mulled over this, holding Natasha's riding crop, until all of her other toys had been put away. At last she spoke, her voice trembling a little. Very well. I accept. I would like to 
experience for myself. She handed Natasha the riding crop. If you are willing, I mean. Natasha was willing, but first they needed to negotiate terms and boundaries. She explained to Honor the concept of the safe word, and the importance of setting limits on what the dominant could order the submissive to do. They agreed that it was important to keep their arrangement private, so as to avoid any further indiscretions that could jeopardize the standing of her house. Natasha reminded her that once they entered the scene, Honor must treat her with proper respect as her mistress, or she will be punished. And Natasha can be very creative. I understand, Honor said, with a hungry look in her eyes and a hint of a smile. I am ready, mistress. Honor Bound The House of Bellevue Book One Written by L.C. Williams Narrated by Vivian Ferrari Chapter 13 Pain and Pleasure Honor noted the look of desire that flashed in Natasha's eyes as she called her mistress. The word gave Honor a little thrill of excitement as well. It felt wonderfully subversive, this reversal of the roles society had placed on them. Natasha caressed her face again, then pinched her chin between thumb and forefinger and angled her head back to expose her bare throat. "'Where is your necklace, little one?' she asked. "'In my bedroom, mistress,' Honor said. She had left it there for safekeeping before going to make arrangements for Natasha's room. Natasha took her hand away. "'Go and get it. Put it on. Then come back.' Obediently, Honor rose to her feet. "'Why?' Natasha's face darkened, and Honor knew she had made a mistake. "'You fool!' she thought. "'A servant doesn't ask her mistress to explain herself.' The big woman got up slowly, the riding crop gripped firmly in her hand. She loomed over Honor, her eyes as gray and implacable as storm clouds. Honor ducked her head in submission, but Natasha grabbed her chin again and bade her look up. Turn around, Natasha commanded, her voice calm and even. Bend over with hands on bed. Honor knew what was coming and felt a mixture of excitement and dread. She turned around and bent over the bed. Rough, strong hands gripped the hem of her sundress, flipped it up and over her head. The underskirt followed a moment later. Then those same hands loosened the drawstring of her drawers and yanked them to the floor. Cool air flowed over the bare skin of her bottom. Honor arched her back raising her backside as high in the air as she could, and gritted her teeth, bracing for the inevitable. With her head covered by layers of fabric, Honor could not see what happened next. She could hear Natasha's footsteps against the wooden floor, but she couldn't tell what the woman was doing. The moment stretched, and the anticipation of pain was its own sort of torment. I deserve this, she thought. I am the wicked, twisted daughter of a wicked, twisted woman. I asked for this, 
this perversion. I brought trouble on this woman with my unnatural desires. I deserve whatever she does to me. Unexpectedly, what she felt next was a hand, not striking her, but caressing the skin of her bottom. It ran slowly up and down, from the small of her back to the back of her thigh and back again. The touch was tender, soothing, and Honor found herself relaxing into it. Then there was a whistle of air, and stinging fire exploded across her exposed skin. Honor had not been prepared for it, and a cry of shock and pain burst from her lips. Three more blows followed it in quick succession, and waves of pain seemed to ripple through her whole body. Honor's hands buckled under her, and she fell onto her forearms, gasping. The hand returned, gentle and caressing, soothing the battered flesh. A new sensation flooded through Honor, a warm, tingling wash of euphoria. It colored all her perceptions with a haze of pleasure, and in its wake, even the receding pain was transformed into a strangely pleasant memory. Unnatural, she thought again. Perverted. But the thought excited her, even as it shamed her. She felt her sex grow hot, tingling with arousal. As she continued caressing her, Natasha spoke, her voice just as calm and even as before. When I give order, you must obey it, she said. You do not ask why. You do not argue. You obey. Yes, mistress, Honor gasped. Natasha gave her bottom one last swat, but this time it was with the palm of her hand, and it felt possessive and affectionate rather than punishing. She pulled Honor's skirts back down over her bare cheeks, then stood her up again. She reached down and grabbed Honor's drawers, held them up in front of her. I keep these, Natasha said, giving her a stern look. As a reminder for you. Maybe, if you are a good girl, I give them back later. Now, go get necklace. Honor's cheeks burned with embarrassment, but she curtsied and hurried to the door. She half expected Mabel or one of the other servants to be eavesdropping, but the hall was empty as she stepped outside the room. She hurried over to her own bedroom, acutely conscious of the air currents tickling against her drawerless bottom. Thank all the gods, there was no one in her room either. The butterfly amulet sat serenely in its little wooden box, as innocuous as ever. With trembling hands, Honor picked it up and fastened it around her neck. A wash of warmth immediately spread through her chest where it touched her, and some tension she had scarcely identified seemed to relax inside her. She thought about Natasha, about Mistress, waiting for her in the other bedroom. A sense of peace and contentment filled her. A vision flashed through her mind, of herself dressed like a maid, kneeling at Mistress's feet, while the big woman ran her fingers through Honor's hair and told her she was a good girl. Yes. Another twinge of arousal ran through Honor, and she hastened back to Mistress's room. She grabbed the handle, then paused. She knocked lightly on the door. It's me, ma'am, she said softly.
Enter, Mistress said. Her voice was warm with approval, and it gave Honor a thrill of satisfaction to hear it. She opened the door and went inside. Mistress was sitting up in bed, leaning back on a stack of pillows against the headboard. She had removed her uniform and laid it out neatly on the dresser, and now wore only a plain white chemise and drawers. The bed was a large one, but her legs ran nearly to the end of the mattress. Would have done if she had been lying down. She had her fingers laced behind her head, looking relaxed and confident. Her lips parted in a hungry smile as she looked Honor up and down. Very good, little one, she said. She gestured at the amulet. I like you in this. It suits you. Honor curtsied. Thank you, mistress. The words came so naturally to her that she didn't even have to think about them. Come over here, mistress ordered. Honor did so, coming to stand beside the middle of the bed. Mistress reached up and ran her fingers through Honor's hair, pulling a long, dark lock loose from her bun. Take this down, she said. I want to see what it looks like. Obediently, Honor removed the array of pins, clips, and ribbons that held her hair in place. It took a while, but Mistress did not seem to mind— She kept watching Honor with those calm, gray eyes. The pleasure she felt, looking at Honor, was obvious, and it gave Honor a sense of quiet satisfaction. When she was done, she ran both hands through her hair and shook out the locks. Her hair fell in dark, glossy waves over her shoulders and down to her upper chest, framing the amulet to either side. Beautiful, Mistress said, her tone soft and reverent. Now, your dress. Can you remove yourself, or do you need help? I think so, ma'am. Honor was not used to undressing herself, but the sundress was not nearly so cumbersome as the gown and corset she had worn last night. She found the laces, behind her neck and at her mid-back, and untied them with little difficulty. From there it was a simple matter to pull the dress up and over her head. She removed her underskirt as well, and laid them both on the dresser with mistress's uniform. She returned to the bed in only her chemise, and at mistress's direction, she climbed onto the mattress, kneeling beside the big woman's legs. Good girl, mistress said. A rush of warmth and pleasure ran through honor at the words. Now... Last night I did something for you. I think it is time you returned this favor, duh? She untied the drawstrings of her drawers, then gestured at them with an expectant look. Her heart pounding with excitement, Honor pulled the undergarment down and off of Mistress's long, long legs. Mistress bent her knees and spread her legs, exposing her sex. Pink lips stood out amid a nest of short, dark blonde curls, and the smell of Mistress's arousal filled the air. Go ahead, get close, Mistress said, smiling at her. I know this is all new to you. Try things. I will tell you what works for me. Honor approached Mistress's sex with a sense of wonder and anticipation. 
She lay down on her belly between the woman's thighs, her face only inches away from those soft-looking curls. She placed a hand over the gently swelling mound, ran her fingers through the hair. It was soft, and the flesh beneath it was hot to the touch. She raised both hands then and explored along the folds of flesh, spreading them to see what lay underneath. Honor knew roughly what to expect, of course, but she had never been able to study her own anatomy in such intimate detail. She saw the little nub of flesh at the place where the lips joined, and she knew from her own explorations that this was a spot that deserved special attention. Mistress's nub was bright pink and a little swollen, and Honor supposed that this was a mark of her excitement. Honor let go of the folds of flesh and placed the fingertips of one hand over that special, sensitive place. She pressed down lightly and moved her hand in small circular motions. Mistress let out a pleased-sounding moan, and Honor smiled shyly up at her. Mistress smiled back and ran a hand fondly through Honor's hair, caressing her scalp and the back of her neck. Honor continued pleasuring her with her hand, experimenting with touching her in different ways and different places. She used a finger to probe deeper between those lips and found Mistress's channel hot and slick with her desire. Honor tried something Mistress had done to her last night, curling her fingers to press against the front wall of the passage. There was a spot there where the texture of the flesh changed, and Mistress moaned in pleasure when Honor massaged it. Honor grinned, and added to this treatment by using her other hand to circle Mistress's nub. Mistress gasped and pressed her head back against the pillows. Oh, good girl, Mistress panted as her hands fisted in the blankets. Good, good girl. Honor increased the speed and intensity of her movements as Mistress's breath quickened and her moans grew louder. Honor could tell she was getting close to her climax, and she realized that she wanted to do something more for her. Ruth's words from earlier came back to her. What my friend Bessie did with her mouth and fingers. Honor had overheard enough body talk from the girls downstairs that she knew what that meant, and she badly wanted to try it. So she lowered her mouth to Mistress's sex and licked flicking her tongue again and again over the engorged little nub and the lips below it. She licked like it was an ice cream cone, like she had licked the bowl as a child, after being served berries and cream. The flavor was musky and salty and strong, but not at all unpleasant, and she happily pressed her face into Mistress's folds and lapped it up. The reaction was better than she could have hoped. Mistress's moans turned to full-throated cries of ecstasy. Strong thighs clamped tightly around Honor's head, pressing her face deeper into Mistress's sex. Hands fisted in her hair, Mistress's hips rocked and thrust against her, and Honor felt a sudden gush of wetness against her face as the cries joined a long, guttural howl of release. Honor paused, her mouth pressed so hard against Mistress's flesh that she could scarcely move, or even breathe. After a long moment, the hands and thighs released her, and Mistress sank back against the pillows, limp, boneless, and panting. 
Grinning in triumph, Honor crawled up the length of her lover's body, leaving kisses on her belly, her ribs, and the tips of her breasts. She held herself up over Mistress's face, waited for her eyes to flutter open again, and smiled mischievously down at her. Did I do well, ma'am? she asked playfully. Mistress laughed, then wrapped her arms around Honor and flipped her over, rolling until she was the one on top. She kissed Honor fiercely, her tongue thrusting inside Honor's mouth. Honor kissed back with equal passion, letting out a little moan of her own. Mistress drew back a little, ran an affectionate hand over Honor's face and hair. You did very, very well, little one, she said. With her other hand, she reached down between Honor's legs. Honor was already hot and ready for her, and she let out a little cry as Mistress touched her. So well, in fact, that I think you deserve reward. And that's the end of Chapter 13. Come back next time when Honor's father returns to the apartment, along with some unexpected dinner guests. The House of Bellevue will be released over 51 weeks at a rate of one chapter per week. If you'd like to listen to it faster, all three books are available now on Amazon and Audible. To learn more about these characters and their world, please visit www.authorlcwilliams.com. Gloria Steinem said, Writing is the only thing that, when I do it, I don't feel I should be doing something else. So, no more procrastinating. It's time for the weekly writing report. This update covers the week of May 21st through May 27th. I wrote 3,271 words this week, over the course of 4.5 hours, for an average writing speed of 727 words per hour. I wrote on three out of seven days this week. This week I finally finished Out of the Shadows, my Alex story that takes place after the events of the Honor Bound trilogy. The final word count was 20,868 words, which officially puts it in novella territory. I started writing this story on July 14th, 2021, and finished it on May 26, 2022, for a total of 317 calendar days. That's 19 days longer than it took me to write the entire trilogy, which is what happens when you have a couple of bad slumps and a bunch of audio production in the middle of your writing time. I spent a total of 35.25 hours writing the story, over 36 actual working days, for an average of 580 words per day. This is the first new story I've finished since Learning the Ropes, which was completed on April 10th, 2021. Now the story is off to my beta reader and sensitivity readers. One thing that helped me to finish the story is that I'm on vacation in Montana this week. Mel and I try to get out here once a year, if we can manage it, and we've had a lovely time so far. We visited with some old friends, did some shopping in our old hometown of Livingston, went hiking in Highlight Canyon in the Custer-Gallatin National Forest, and had a belated anniversary-slash-birthday dinner at the Livingston Bar and Grill. 
The house that we're renting has a lovely backyard with a deck, where I've been able to decompress and get some writing done in quiet, peaceful surroundings. On Sunday, we'll start the two-day journey back to Madison. My current goal is to figure out my next project so I can hold on to some writing momentum. I've started rereading some of my unfinished stories from the last few years to see if I can get a spark of inspiration that will help me finish them. Come back next time and I'll let you know how it's going. If you'd like to share your thoughts about the show, send your feedback in text or audio to metamorecityfeedback at gmail.com. To leave a voicemail, dial area code 641-715-3900, then enter extension 255-082, followed by the pound sign. My Facebook is facebook.com slash author Chris Lester, the fan group is fans of Metamore City on Facebook, and our Discord server is Metamore City. I'm there pretty often, so come say hi. If you like this show, please consider leaving a review at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser.com. It really helps people find the show. That's all for this week. I'll be back next time with more fresh new fiction. Until then, keep it on the bright side. This is Chris Lester, signing out. The contents of this podcast are copyright 2022 by Chris Lester and Liminal Corvid Press. The show is released under a Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. So don't change it, don't sell it, but feel free to share it all you like. For more information about this license, please visit creativecommons.org.